As the volume and scope of data collected by an organization grows, tasks such as data discovery and data management grow in complexity. Simply put, the more data there is, the harder it is for users such as data analysts to find what they're looking for. A metadata hub helps manage big data by providing metadata search and discovery tools and a centralized hub which presents a holistic view of the data ecosystem. Data Hub is LinkedIn's open-source metadata search and discovery tool. It is LinkedIn's second generation of metadata hubs after Warehouse. Pardu Gunnam and Mars Lon join us today from Metaphor, a company they co-founded to build out the Data Hub ecosystem. Pardu and Mars and the other co-founders of Metaphor were part of the team at LinkedIn that built the Data Hub project. They join the show today to talk about how Data Hub democratizes data access for an organization, why the new Data Hub architecture was critical to LinkedIn's growth, and what we can expect to see from the Data Hub project moving forwards. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeffrey, to have us uh, on your show. We were very following up your podcast for a while, and uh, we are big fans of like uh, multiple data-related, especially podcasts, which came across. Glad to be here, Jeffrey. Well, you guys both work on a company, Metaphor, that is based around the open source Data Hub project. And Data Hub came out of LinkedIn. It's based around metadata search and discovery. Could you give some context on what metadata means in the context of this conversation? Sure. I can give you a sort of a broad uh, definition of metadata, which is the sort of thing, uh, the definition we usually use. Everybody will probably give you the canonical answer of, well, it's data about data. But that is, of course, very, very abstract. Um, so to us, we feel like this is more a more concrete definition of that would be context uh, about data. So obviously, no doubt, nowadays, companies collect huge amount of data. But the flip side of that is a lot of time these data are collected and the sort of the contact or processes and, and whatnot, um, a lot of these contacts associated with the, the, these data are lost. So when people actually try to make use of the data, uh, they have to kind of, kind of scramble and then go through various means to gather all these data. Um, so any data that was helping a data scientist, a data engineers, or you know, ML practitioner to better understand the data that they're looking at or finding, that all qualify as metadata. And if you want to dig a little bit further into it, you can sort of categorize them typically into three uh, areas. There will be one that's typically about technical metadata. Uh, these are the things that you know people might think of metadata immediately when you talk about metadata. Things like schema, you know, uh, the shape of the data, uh, the quality of the data, etc. These are kind of like the, the technical metadata you gather from the source. And there's also business metadata. Um, these are things that sort of people put context, put the data in the context of businesses, right? So you, you describe what kind of business entity you're talking about, who owns the data, etc. These are things that people sort of additionally augment the data in the context of a business to help understand the data. And then finally, there's the operational metadata. Um, these are things like lineage, you know, job that ran, the status of the job, how many records was produced, and so on and so forth. These are, you know, operational things that happen as you manipulate data and then have that give you further context about the data. Can you give me an example of a piece of data being created somewhere deep within LinkedIn and that data being indexed, stored, and registered in, in Data Hub so that it could be searched over? 
Sure. I, I mean, LinkedIn, and by the way, of course, we, we're no longer with LinkedIn right now. So we're speaking from uh, what we learned at LinkedIn before we left. And things might have changed since then, but it's based on our experience, so to speak. Um, so, so at LinkedIn, pretty much every piece of data was essentially indexed in the search index so it can be found. This includes both your online, your nearline, your offline uh, data sets. Right? So it's not just this data that living in data warehouse. So, and then actually majority of them are sort of quote unquote derived data, right? These are things that are the raw events and, and the raw, you know, user profile and whatnot that get um, processes and, and processed and then, you know, transform into other things. And those are the ones that are uh, a lot of time even harder to find because these are things that generally doesn't have a sort of a, a prescribed way of storing them or organizing them, so to speak. And all of these things will is gathered and then surface through Data Hub to help people to find the sort of data that they, they would like to use. So how does the storage system of Data Hub compare to something like Elasticsearch, where you know Elasticsearch can index vast quantities of data? How does that compare to Data Hub? So one part of Data Hub is actually powered through Elasticsearch directly. That is kind of the, the main search experience as you speak. But as we talk, if you take a look at the Data Hub architecture, it actually has multiple indices. Uh, one of them is the search index, and the other one is the graph index, which allow you to link relationship between different entities, as we call them, data assets, different type of data assets, and so on. And there is also the, the sort of the key value key document store, which are serving the raw metadata without the index, right? This is that raw metadata that serve through API, then people can make use of them directly. So it is kind of an amalgamation of different indices and different systems into one and surface that through an application known as Data Hub. Give me a description for the top-level usage of Data Hub. If I'm a data scientist, how am I accessing a piece of data in Data Hub? I can take that. So Data Hub at LinkedIn uh, majorly consists of two parts, right? One is the core metadata engine part, and then the application, which is really the Data Hub, which consists of the UI. So most of the users, like data scientists, analysts, come to that for various applications. Like one is the primary thing is search and discovery. So as a data scientist, I am interested to know, like, for example, anything that related to page view data, where is this located? Like how many variations of does it exist or what different data systems, like do I need offline data warehouse uh, replica or like a HDFS data set or a dashboard? Like what kind of form does it exist and like what can I leverage uh, already what's available in the system? This is how a typical classic use case of uh, how data scientists use Data Hub. Let's give a walkthrough of the architectural components of Data Hub and and kind of explore how it fits into an overall data engineering stack. And then we can talk a little bit more about the use cases that we've outlined. So maybe you could you could just put Data Hub in context of a typical data engineering stack with databases, a data lake, Kafka, these different things, and then talk about the the architecture of Data Hub specifically. Sounds great. Yes. So Data Hub by its name is the hub, and then we hope it to become the central hub of gathering all these metadata. And if you look at the data ecosystem, you have various things that either store data and, and at the same time metadata, 
or produce metadata. For example, your database will be a typical place where it contains all sorts of different metadata. Your job, the Airflow job, for example, right, it will contain, will produce a bunch of metadata in the form of lineage and whatnot. These things are not necessarily stored explicitly, but they are produced as the job was run. So all these different metadata sources, they produce metadata and then send it to Data Hub for indexing and processing through Kafka. Um, so all the messages come in uh, near real time uh, into the data hub, uh, we'll call the injection layer, where these things come in and then get processed and then store in the, the aforementioned uh, document store, the data key value store in its raw format. As it's stored, it also goes into this indexing layer where it basically index the interesting part of the metadata that you would like to search. Or if you like to uh, traverse the graph, it goes into the graph DB as well. Um, so that's kind of the indexing layer. Um, one thing to note as kind of a, a major difference between Data Hub and other systems out there is the stream-first approach, right? So the ingestion, like I mentioned, is already streamed coming in. And then you have the indexing layer, which is also depends on this uh, metadata chain stream that's coming out of the system itself. Um, so everything is stream-based, if you will, in that sense, when we communicate different uh, changes in metadata. And which means you can potentially also create uh, additional application that depends on this, this metadata chain stream. Uh, for, for example, if let's say, you know, hypothetically, you know, if you care about the ownership of a particular data set, if that gets changed, you want to be able to notify immediately. So instead of pooling the API and try to you know, wake up every day to, to see whether the, the ownership has been changed, you'll get notified immediately through this change stream. Um, so that's kind of the, the sort of ingestion and indexing layer. And then finally, there's the serving layer of the metadata. So you have a REST like API that basically serves these metadata for the application themselves. And then also, you know, more and more so, it's moving towards kind of a GraphQL-based API because that sort of fit nicely with the, the metadata graph that powers Data Hub. Could you differentiate what Data Hub is versus a data lake? Sure. I mean, <laughs> one way of looking at it is you can say, hey, look, Data Hub is essentially a metadata lake where you basically put your raw metadata in and it processes it. So you can then use the process data or in this case, metadata to further your various application. That's, that's one way of looking at it, but they serve very different purposes, right? In your data ecosystem, your data lake is the place where you put most of the time, you know, unprocessed or unstructured data uh, for further processing. And Data Hub in this sense is capturing the metadata as you sort of process your data through various data e components, including your data lake, right? I mean, if it's data warehouse, it's also the data warehouse metadata coming through. So it's it's not easily comparable. I don't think they are the same thing. So it's not quite a sort of comparison you can make. It's more like a symbiotic relationship. You know, you have your data lake, great, you can store as much data as you want to, but if you don't organize it and if you don't have a way of indexing it, then your, your data lake quickly become <laughs> the so-called data swamp. So you use the a data hub in collaboration with a data lake? Yeah, so I, actually another uh, a slightly better analogy would be think of your data lake as your library, shelves in your library, right? Where you basically put all sorts of books there. But if you don't have that catalog or the index of your library, 
then you know it's going to be very very hard to find things in there or understand how things are categorized or related to each other. So that way, it's kind of augment your data lake and help you to to get the best most value out of it. Just want to add uh, at at the core, uh, Data Hub started as a purely as a data catalog, right? It was cataloging all the data ecosystem within your system, including data lakes, data warehouses, or metrics, dashboards, models, everything, right? That's how it, the primary purpose is to catalog everything and build insights on top of it for increasing your data productivity and governance. How do you define the term data catalog? So data catalog is uh, really uh, kind of like an index on top of your entire data ecosystem, right? Like you aggregate like many a times, like based on your use cases and the technology choices and things like different organizations, even within the same company use like different data technologies for specific things. Like for example, your machine learning architecture could be machine learning data stack could be slightly different than your analytics stack or your dashboarding for business users could be very different from than your dashboarding for business metrics for experimentation and things like that so the data catalog is something which can aggregate all this metadata into one place and like connect all the necessary relationships between them to make like meaningful insights on top of this metadata got it so i think we we kind of glossed over the actual architecture of data hubs we talked a little bit about the ingest we talked a little bit about the indexing but we didn't really go into the the actual architectural components and you know for example how it serves queries can we just dive a little bit deeper into the internals of the architecture sure so uh, like i mentioned before there is the api layer which basically serves the metadata so the api layer think of it as kind of trying to present these metadata graph back to you so as the application itself you can sort of you know, traverse the graph to find the stuff that are how things are related and whatnot. Uh, so internally, it will sort of delegate a different sort of query pattern to different indices. Uh, right now, it's it's more of a, a kind of a somewhat manual process. As you program, you have to choose which index you have to use depending on the the sort of the query pattern. So to max to to sort of make it most efficient to answer that sort of question. But you know, in the ideal state, you want to be able to have this all, all of these things automated. So depending on the query pattern come in, you go hit different indices to uh, to best serve these queries. But can you can you talk a little bit more about like what databases does it use under the hood, and you know how those are managed? Sure. I mean, when we designed this, we try to design it in such a way that some of these things are pluggable. To, to a great extent where you can implement specific instances of it. And this is also due to the fact that LinkedIn has a lot of its own proprietary stuff internally, right? The proprietary data technology. For example, we have a, our own proprietary document store called Espresso, uh, which, you know, uh, if you open source, then nobody will be able to use that particular technology per se. So what Data Hub uh, architecture, when you look at it, it does have all these abstraction layer where we call data, data access object DAOs which you have right explicit implementation depending on the, the specific data technology you want to use. So in the open source example, the documents will, is built on top of MySQL, for example, and then the search engine is built on top of Elasticsearch, and then the graph engine is built on, uh, so the graph uh, DB is built on top of Neo4j. But internally, all three of them actually has its own proprietary implementation. So that's how we make this thing work between internal and external, so to speak when we were working at LinkedIn. 
So the data that gets ingested by Data Hub is typically coming either through Kafka or through just batch jobs? or How, how does the data get ingested by Data Hub? Sure. The standard interface is through Kafka, but there are certain things that are best written as batch, right? I mean, they, not every system will have a real-time metadata stream coming out of it. So they are crawler, quote-unquote, crawler-like system, which wakes up regularly and then scan the system and get the metadata. Uh, but what it does is it turn around and basically you meet a bunch of Kafka event, pretending it, it to be kind of a stream-based producer as well. But of course, not real-time uh, in that case. Um, there is also API, like I mentioned, API way of updating metadata and whatnot. But these are more oriented towards um, you know, human-authored metadata, right? So people who come to Data Hub and then you know, update certain metadata, that, that goes through API. That doesn't go through stream, um, typically. So uh, that's how you can get the ingested metadata from various different sources. Can you give another example of a user developing an application on top of Data Hub? Perhaps a you know a machine learning application or some application that would need to fetch more data from Data Hub on a regular basis. So a very good example. I can I can give a couple of them. So the metadata is like common part of like multiple data applications, right? One example is like your dashboards. So a dashboarding system at LinkedIn requires like, for example, like what are my upstream metrics and who are the owners for it or uh, what is the, whatever is created into this dashboard, uh, what, what uh, which, which of these dashboards are certified or not. All this is part of the metadata. So, and like in, in the dashboarding application itself, it would have like a repeated patterns of like, a search index requirement or a key value store and things. So at core, a dashboarding system at LinkedIn was also built on the same data hub back backend and uh, while serving a very specific use case of dashboarding. A similar example is the AI DevOps system at LinkedIn, uh, which which also requires like, for example, search indexes of all your models and what are the features connected to it or what are the data sets, who are the owners and things. So there is a lot of repeated pattern of metadata across these systems. So they, they also use the core metadata engine of Data Hub, which is uh, called a generalized metadata system. Yeah. So these are two examples which were very popular, like beyond multiple other things, uh, which were used at like LinkedIn, built on top of Data Hub. Let's talk about the company that you're building around Data Hub. So Metaphor. What's your intention with the company? How do you expect to productize Data Hub? Good question. So when we open source uh, Data Hub and we see a lot of uh, patterns of uh, requirements across metadata metadata management and the kind of applications which come across. So are they ranged all the way from like search and discovery applications to some governance applications or uh, using it purely as a metadata store to uh, power up like other data applications like what we mentioned. But as you can see, like not just with Data Hub, like there is a growing need for a good data catalog with like a discovery aspects across the industry. You can see like other popular projects like Amundsen, which is which is also around the similar data catalog and discovery space. And what Metaphor really identifies is a vision of like is to bring this 
a data cataloging or a discovery solution to multiple companies with minimal effort. Most of the open source solutions what we built still require like a good amount of like effort in terms of integrating or even on an ongoing basis of maintaining uh, these ecosystems. So Metaphor would definitely focus as a company would focus on building a hosted, fully hosted cloud uh, solution, uh, which could give us many, many more companies uh, direct access to a good discovery solution uh, right out of the box. Gotcha. And what would be the process of onboarding? Because, you know, it's a lot of data and typical company has you know, data all over the place, or at least they have a data lake with a ton of information in it. So usually like our integration touch points based are based on the data and underlying data technologies, what you have in your stack. So our primary focus would be obviously to go behind the most popular data technologies, like for example, Snowflake or uh, DBT or dashboarding things like Tableau, Looker, or even like direct integrations with Databricks kind of like data lake solutions so that, you know, users would need to do like minimal, almost like a one click button kind of approach to integrate with Metaphor's uh, solution so that they can get the discovery out of the box. Yeah. And for system that require customization, we also make it easy for you, for people to be able to publish uh, custom metadata that are suited for their particular companies and whatnot. But but the, the, that obviously will require uh, some additional work, but we will try to make it as easy, as smooth as possible for them to integrate there as well. Tell me a little bit more about metadata management at LinkedIn and how Data Hub gets used in practice. So at LinkedIn, it primarily started with purely from a search and discovery perspective. So there were, as LinkedIn, uh, if you, this is this this is something which we talked in like in multiple places where when uh, when the data explosion started happening at LinkedIn, the, it, it primarily, the primary problem was there, there are these data engineering teams who have to answer, who are produced like multiple data sets. And like there are a lot of data consumers who would come back and ask like very repeated questions around these data sets and like, oh, uh, where is this coming from? Or what is this uh, schema about? Do I have this? Or is there any recent change? etc. So they created the original uh, predecessor of Data Hub project, which is Warehouse, which was primarily to index all this information into one place and like create a simple search and uh, search interface on top of it and like display this content. But as as uh, multiple other privacy initiatives came up at LinkedIn, the LinkedIn took a very interesting approach of using a metadata system to tag all the compliance related information uh, to make like very you know data compliant uh, ecosystem decisions. Like for example, what kind of data is PII? What is not? What can be exposed to in terms of access? What can be transferred between one system to another system? What kind of permissions require, et cetera. So all this ecosystem is kind of built around the same metadata system, uh, which was warehouse, uh, which was it's really, uh, which transformed into something called TMS, the metadata store. Then the next level of like data explosion happened with uh, rise of ML and data democratization across LinkedIn, where a repeated pattern of the same metadata management requirements started appearing across like different data verticals like ML versus data science versus even GraphQL APIs, etc. So we realized that general metadata management system 
can be like built, which can be tailored to like multiple use cases and like a repeated pattern and hence built the backend of Data Hub as generic as possible and started using it for all these use cases. The beauty of it was it is, is a side effect of like using a similar pattern of architecture also created, uh, helped us to create a well-connected knowledge graph of all these data assets across like uh, different verticals. Like uh, a typical example would be like, if you are thinking about, oh, some event stream coming from defined as part of uh, my user clicks and things or page views that gets translated in data lake data set that gets translated into data warehouse data set and that is also connected to a metric or a dashboard or an experiment etc all of this metadata is kind of used and linked together to create end-to-end -end insights of uh, entire linkedin's data ecosystem so let's go deeper into that example of a click stream so I'm on LinkedIn, I'm clicking around on stuff, and it's important for LinkedIn to know that, you know, I I click on this person, I click on that person, I click on this company, I click on that company, and maybe that's useful for uh, filtering through some machine learning model to see what kind of ads to serve me or what kind of job opportunities to serve me. So, the, you know, that click stream is getting created, maybe it's getting dumped into Kafka, Kafka is dumping it into a, a data lake. Maybe a, you know some job is getting kicked off for that data lake clickstream to be to be put into the data warehouse. And you're saying that all along the way there is additional metadata attached to this clickstream information that might, for example, identify it as PII. And this kind of metadata would be uh, would be indexed in Data Hub somewhere along the way. And, and this indexing in Data Hub is going to provide utility in a number of different ways. Yes. So you, the very typical uh, name for this in, in the data ecosystem is lineage. So every data asset all the way from a click stream to a, data, a, data, a Kafka data set to a, all the way into an ML model is kind of linked through like something called as data lineage. So this and every at every stage, like different types of metadata. Sometimes it's including PI, like compliance related metadata. Uh, sometimes it's ownership. Like for example, if you see some changes at let's say Kafka level and you want to talk to an owner like what is the reason that changes occur uh, you would need ownership metadata at that stage or you are looking at some delay in processing of a Delta Lake data set, you would like to talk to the operator of that data set, like, hey, why there is like operational delay in this particular aspect? Uh, or a quality check uh, with respect to a metric, like you would like to talk to that particular subject matter expert or something like that. So uh, different types of metadata are attached to these different as data assets, and you build like an end-to-end -end relationship graph of the entire life cycle of that uh, of, of your data ecosystem, then that gives you like an end-to-end -end lineage. Got it. So lineage is is a problem that Data Hub also solves that we hadn't touched on that previously. Yes. So actually, very interestingly, we, we use the word in general, the knowledge graph, which kind of sub, sub, subsumes the lineage part of the thing. So if you think about knowledge graph, right, like take all your data, data nodes and 
there are uh, key players like for example people like different roles of like ownership or subject matter experts or operators or consumers at each of these data sets and you connect all these nodes together that gives your knowledge graph if you take like one particular item and like traverse it like upwards or downstream that becomes your lineage so that's that like in a way lineage is kind of like a subset of your knowledge graph do you have a variety of ways that data hub can accept queries so there are document oriented queries graph oriented queries complex queries that involve joins and full text search can you tell me about the query patterns of accessing data in in data hub and uh, what you've had to build to satisfy those those query access patterns sure so i'll take i'll take it to a little bit high level in terms of categorizing the query into the source that are sort of generating these query rather than on the exact query patterns so there is one source i think it's pretty apparent at this point that there is the the sort of the human generated query right these are you know essentially people clicking through the data hub web app and then try to find out things and these things are typically you know there's a search aspect of it which obviously heavily uh, skewed towards the search index there is you know a lot of debugging related stuff like uh, the linear stuff that Fadu mentioned before where you have to trace back and see where 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 does something break and all that that is more of a kind of a graph oriented query and of course the rocks kind of the document uh, fetch and all that 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 is always going to be there almost in this case uh, but one thing to note is this particular a source of querying also a lot of time include mutation right? uh, changes as well because people generally are the one that's going to really come in and, and you know enrich the metadata through the web app in most cases so that is one one area of uh, one sort of source of query that comes uh, through data hub there is also the programmatic patterns right these are things that, like you mentioned before uh, compliance was a big use case for data hub where there will be you know jobs and you know services that essentially have to query the metadata in order to perform certain work and these sort of thing generally comes more like a you know a sort of a key value retrieval sort of pattern uh, you already have a very clear idea about the sort of things that you need metadata for and then you just go and fetch the metadata occasionally there is graph involved when when the metadata need to be propagated through various lineage and whatnot. But most of the time, uh, it's more of a kind of a key value retrieval sort of pattern in that case, your typical REST pattern, if you will. And then there's the third pattern, which is kind of the analytical patterns. And these are things that you're trying to ask kind of a global questions and you know trying to perform most of the time asynchronous actions, right? You, it's okay to take a while to analyze your uh, most of your metadata. And the way uh, Data Hub doesn't directly serve these sort of patterns through its API, what happens is, the all the various data in data hub get dumped offline to a data lake and then the analytical works sort of work through those data warehouse data sets and then at that point you know all, all you know all sorts of different query pattern but it uh, the performance is not an issue generally in those cases so those are kind of the three main use uh, main uh, sources of query pattern that come through how does data hub compare to the other kinds of metadata solutions that have been developed at companies like Airbnb or Lyft or Google? So, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about like Lyft, Amazon, 
or Airbnb is data portal. I think data hub is very much in like similar area, but uh, the only difference was that the, the primary use case, what it solves, especially in the open source world is search and discovery. But uh, the, uh, the primary difference is Data Hub's backend architecture is kind of really next generation level of architecture. There were uh, recent blogs published from LinkedIn as well on this aspect, how it compares with like all these solutions out there and how its architecture is like evolved on top of like flaws of like existing like use cases or existing architectures, what we did, what we built. So in comparison to like other architectures like this is definitely the next generation trying to solve solve the downsides of the what we have experienced uh, building uh, the previous generations of uh, metadata management solutions so one thing i'm still a little bit confused about is the difference between data hub and a traditional data catalog if i'm looking for a system to index the fields of my data isn't that the same thing that a data catalog is doing? Yes. And the primary difference, like like I said, Data Hub at its core is still a data catalog, right? But the difference is that beyond just indexing the things, you would also index on top of like relationships and things trying to create that knowledge graph. And so that you can build like multiple different applications, not just a search and discovery applications. I see. So it's it's the interface that you're building on top of it, the data access interface that you're building on top of it, that is is trying to be the differentiation. And also, just to add a little bit, so the traditional data catalog lacks a couple of things, right? Um, typically, it doesn't do automation very well, so there is a lot of manual work involved in registering data sets and whatnot. Um, you know, some of them obviously evolved since then, but one thing for the sort of next generation data catalog, the, the sort of the requirement there is to be able to auto ingest metadata uh, from various sources, uh, you know, as quickly as possible, as near real time as possible. But the other thing is sort of the dimension of the breadth, right? So a lot of data catalogs are very much focused on one thing, right? So for example, I'm a data set catalog, so I'm going to catalog just the data set, or maybe a specific uh, area of, of metadata for that thing. For example, if I'm a data quality uh, data catalog, I will obviously focus just on the data quality angles of it. Or maybe I'm a access granting data data catalogs. So I'll focus a lot on the access side. But what we discovered over time is that you know um, to truly make a data catalog useful, you kind of have to give this 360 degree view of the things that you care about, and that means also. Uh, like what you mentioned, the relationship to other data assets beyond just you know the pure data sets, right? Um, the human aspect of it, right? Who's creating it? Who's the knowledge experts of it? The actual knowledge itself, you know, all the conversation that had happened related to this thing, all of that need to be presented in a way that the user will immediately help the user to immediately understand what is going on. So, so the sort of the next generation data catalog is both. You know, both responsive, sort of reflect the latest state of your data ecosystem as quickly as possible, but also rich in that sense, it will give you uh, all sorts of different metadata from various different sources to help you better find the things or once you found the thing, better understand what state it is and so on. What happens when a component of Data Hub fails? Is there some mechanism for 
sustaining the system when you know the flows of data get get stopped for a moment so i think this is where the sort of stream based approach helps a lot because uh, you are able to you know for example if your injection pipeline go down you know uh, if you are you have a pure api based process then of course you cannot ingest any data and then where where does those data go when when the system is down right so having something like a stream that allows you to queue up these things and process them as you know based on the, your processing capability that helps to mitigate a lot of these sort of transient issues but then at a at the same time, you know, a lot of these systems that we use are kind of highly available to start with, right? Your, your search index, your graph DB, and you know, your document store, these are highly available. So we generally don't face any issue in terms of reliability on the, the, the raw storage uh, layer per se. But, uh, you know, of course, things can go wrong at a higher level and many levels. But having sort of this asynchronous nature of the system uh, allows you to, you know, sort of isolate yourself from points of failure in your systems. Just to add on top of it, the ability of our data hub to support both batch system updates as well as real-time updates, even if there was any downtime in terms of real-time uh, updates on things, there is also like a capability to update all of it through your batch crawler and things, it would it would still be the same. And uh, the both the search index and the graph index are kind of built, uh, can be rebuilt on top of your, what's in your key value store information. So there are like multiple levels of like redundancy and like replicability built into the data hub ecosystem as well, which helps that to be like an operating as a separate metadata layer on top of your actual source data sources. Could you give more detail on the stream-based approach that you've alluded to a few times and, and more context on the advantages of it? Sure. I mean, at this point, probably... Uh, all your listeners are very, very familiar with Kafka and the advantage of Kafka anyway. But I mean, stream-based in general give you several advantages, right? So first of all, this asynchronous nature of it. So the producer of the data doesn't have to worry about whether the consumer of the data is ready to consume per se. You can just put it in the queue and then just walk away. There is also this buffering effect sort of smooths out spiky traffic, right? So you don't have to worry about over-provisioning your consumer so that you know, whether it's API or not, and to make sure that you can cope with the, the peak traffic that will be uh, produced by your uh, producer. And then, of course, Kafka itself is very, very scalable. A stream itself, in general, is pretty scalable in that sense. You can easily put in more shots, and then you get uh, parallel processing going on pretty easily. So, so there's several advantages in going through that. And then finally, of course, uh, the example that I gave uh, for the previous question to do with downtime, right? You Once you put it in the queue, then... Um, you know, you can process it at a pace that you want to, and then your processor can easily, you know, if it goes down and has to come back, uh, nothing, there will be no direct impacts on the producer. So this dependency isolation is is definitely a, a, a huge strength of the stream. And of course, you know, stream is designed for real-timeness. That, of course, is go without saying that that is a huge advantage uh, over uh, something that is less real-time. What's been the hardest part of designing Data Hub? I think in the case of Data Hub inside of LinkedIn, um, it is a, a process of evolution, right? So we are we started off with something really simple, and then eventually evolved into something that's generic that can support many things. And throughout this entire process, um, even though 
it seems as if we were rebuilding our architecture over and over again. It's a, it's a continuum. It's actually, it's always an evolution. So we never say, hey, we have dual stack and then you know have dual stack working and then turn off the old stack. It's always the old stack being uh, gradually evolving to the new stack. Um, and that uh, has, of course, has its own advantage and disadvantages. And the challenge there, the biggest challenge here is how do you make sure as you evolve, you don't break people. Right? That, that is always a very hard thing to do. When, you, when you're able to start something that's completely greenfield, then, then of course you have a lot of latitude in terms of breaking changes and whatnot. But if it's in continuous evolution, evolutionary process, um, even though you have less disruption, but then you have to basically make sure that it's always backward compatible and move people, um, you know, various uh, player in your ecosystem along with you as you have to make those, uh, inevitably have to make those breaking changes. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about the company. So as you're starting to talk to users or potential users, what are the problems that they have that they're hoping to have addressed by Data Hub or by, by Metaphor? Or have you started to have uh, proof of concept stuff with customers yet? Kind of. Like uh, we have been uh, continuously engaging with a bunch of uh, customers like beyond uh, what we have seen within Data Hub or uh, with like connections like from understanding from LinkedIn. So uh, an interesting pattern is that like multiple companies all the way from like SMBs to like big enterprises are going through a data explosion phase. So like maybe the last decade was all about like data democratization and we came up with the great technologies uh, in various spaces to enable multiple data users across the company to create new data insights or new data artifacts or assets. But this also created like a second degree of problem where uh, there is too many data assets in the ecosystem or needed like a little bit more control like or a governed way on top of like how the how the people identify these existing system data sets or how they use or how they interact with between data users and data producers. So this is where Metaphor would like to focus, like bringing the discovery solution as part of its first phase to multiple of these companies and solve, uh, improve the data productivity and data trust or understandability space for, uh, for, for the companies. Well, I'd love now to zoom out and get both of your perspectives on the data engineering landscape as a whole. What do you see as changing most dramatically in the next five years? I think it's a hard question, like, but one thing for sure, like, is the popularity among technologies like Snowflake and uh, Databricks, or like, which is the traditional like data warehouse versus data data lake thing, is kind of heated up right so we can see both both the ecosystems trying to like solve like use cases which which were across like data science uh, analytical all the way into uh, machine learning models and like machine le- ai based uh, use cases so while th- while these things happen people would like standardize a little bit more on data stacks like and across across companies and this this would also mean that like lot more users would be like creating a lot more data assets and like important aspects like uh, quality or observability or uh, data testing like governance these things would become like much more important aspect of your data data decisions or data ecosystem uh, not just like creation creation of the data 
Well, thank you both for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Jeffrey.